Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the 20th Century Girls podcast. Welcome back after a long, long time. Wow. Saying that again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's How does been that feel? Eight months, maybe. I promise we did not plan on delaying that long. Life literally has gotten so busy and hectic for both of us. It's been insane. Yeah. It's like literally insane. Yeah. We apologize, but we do thank you for everyone that's been listening and following us on Instagram. We cannot guarantee we'll have another one out. Well, we do have another one planned to come out soon, um, but hopefully, depending on our crazy work lives, it will, it will be recorded and coming out soon after this episode. After I think this is going to, if anything, we try, like, we'll have to work out our own schedules. Like, yeah. we'll have to designate time. Yeah. The next one is kind of more so on a, a timely matter. So we do need to get that one out as soon as possible after this episode. After that, we cannot guarantee when our following episode will be. Hopefully not too long. Hopefully we'll still pull out a few more episodes before the year ends. We have um, plans for them. Always. We still have a whole bunch of plans that we never got to. <laughs> honestly we do but yeah so thank you for sticking around and welcome to our comeback ish episode how perfect yeah exactly it sounds yeah you know what just like the 1968 comeback special look at that if you know what that is then you know what we're talking about today it has been a huge hit both Megan and I are so proud and excited. We're not actually talking about the comeback special. <laughs> not specifically, but if you know what the 1968 comeback special is, you know what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Um, but yeah, Megan and I are so proud and excited with how big of a summer hit this film was. And this film was Elvis, the documentary on the king of rock and roll, Mr. Elvis Presley. Honestly, I am really happy that, like, this movie, it, it's weird. I had such a love-hate relationship with this movie even before, like, it came out. I know we both did. Yes. And, you know, I'm happy we definitely both saw it in theaters. Um, and then I'm just happy, like, so many people watched it. Like, I feel like this is just so much exposure for, like, people to watch this movie and, like, actually, you know, learn about his music and about... um his acting career like heck I showed both my sisters an Elvis movie because of this movie like they didn't even really know that he did movies the same way that like I didn't know for a long time that he did movies so yeah I mean if anything if this is going to expose people to Elvis then please yes obviously we'll give opinions later yes um we will give opinions later. Uh, shout out to your dad, though, because I know he was very excited for this episode. He, My dad has been asking me for when we're going to return. He apparently listens to them as he drives home from work, and he goes, I'm tired of listening to music. I need a new podcast. Yay, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're finally getting around to it, and we'll at least have one or two episodes that uh, my dad can listen to at least. Yay. And then, anything. Yes. And of course, shout out to my mom who raised me on Elvis. And I had to wait so long because my mom and I don't live in the same house. I had to wait so long to watch this movie because I could not watch it without her. And thank God I waited. I was so happy to be with her. Um, 
she really enjoyed his performance as well. Um, and yeah, I just, I had to share that with my mom. Like, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, I saw it with some family as well. So I actually did see it with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, Perfect. <laughs> All right. So we are going to hop into a few film facts first off. So this film was directed by Baz Luhrmann and released in the United States on June 24th, 2022. We would have gotten it much earlier on, but, you know, COVID happened, so COVID. delayed of everything. <laughs> it is starring Austin Butler as Elvis, Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker, and Olivia DeJohn as Priscilla Presley. I'm so sorry if I butchered that name. It was an $85 million budget. And that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not that. It's... It's not that big, actually. It's on the. It's kind of pricey, but it's not. I can't ridiculous that much money in general. So, <laughs> um, and then in the box office, it actually made two hundred eighty-one point seven million. We haven't seen that big of a box office number in a long time because of COVID. So now it's like it's starting to come back, which is really exciting. Because I remember when the movies during COVID came out, it was like double digits. It didn't even hit the triple digits until recently. Um, this is very exciting to me. It is the second highest grossing music biopic of all time, only behind Bohemian Rhapsody, which came out in 2018, which make another amazing music I'm like, biopic. Yeah, that is the one to like bounce off of if you can. I don't know if any biopic can ever compare to Bohemian Rhapsody. I it's just perfection. It. it is. Filming took place in Queensland, Australia, which I've been to and I love. Uh, <laughs> filming began January 28th, 2020, but had to stop in March because Tom Hanks and his wife got COVID. I was one of the first, like, celebrities he that, was like, the really first got celebrity. COVID. Like, and everyone was, was like, scary. <laughs> yeah, everyone was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, no, don't take him. Don't take that him. That was when COVID felt real. Like, that was, I feel like the moment that, like, somebody like Tom Hanks, for some reason, exactly. got COVID, it was like, oh, my God, COVID's a problem. Yeah. As dumb as that probably sounds to people. And, like, like, and at that time, there were no vaccinations, and they were just, like, experimenting with knew. things at that time. Like, what's going to help? Yeah, so crazy. But actually, uh, they resumed filming not too long after in September 2020. I thought they waited a little longer, but I guess not. Um, also, something interesting. So in Bohemian Rhapsody, um, I know Rami Malek did a lot of his own singing, but they did mm-hmm. um, combine it with Freddie. Like it wasn't done. Yeah, it but wasn't it was just more so him. combined. Yeah, I actually was wondering. This was a fact that I was actually wondering. I was hoping you would find something about it. I did. <laughs> um, and there's times Austin Butler does a fantastic job. Like, if you hear him in his interviews, he still sounds like Elvis. So he can yeah. sing very much like Elvis, too. So what I did find out, um, <clears throat> but also, actually, Austin does mention how Elvis's voice, is, voice changes throughout it the does. decades. Completely. From the 50s, 60s, 70s, all completely different. Um, so what I found out, Austin does his own singing pretty much throughout the first half of the movie. It is him. 50s like, where and the does it stop. That's the interesting part. Exactly. 50s, 60s, it is Austin Butler. From the 1968 wow. special and on. So through okay. the 70s, that's all dubbed by Elvis. So is the special Elvis singing? Yes. Okay. Because that did sound... 
because there's the sequence of if I can dream, which we'll go into opinions, I promise. Oh my gosh, on, yes. I have plenty of opinions on that scene in general. But I was hearing it and I'm like, this can't be Austin Butler. Like, there's no way. But I was listening to one of my other favorite uh, parts of the movie is when he um, sings Trouble. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that whole scene just, okay. I literally can perfect. hear and picture it in my brain right now. But I literally hear it and I'm like, that's not Elvis. Yeah. It's but I was close. wondering if it was Austin. But okay, I'm impressed. So, so yes. That's really good. Okay. I was, how I was how close he find something about Yeah. Because I was wondering. How close he got, my God. Because, like, there's moments where it's like, is that Elvis or is that Austin? And it's like, just there's a teeny yeah. bit off to where, like, at least Megan and I know Elvis enough. We're like, I think it's Austin because there's, yeah, there's just something just, slightly like, off. Slightly off. But it was so close. But it's to, hard like, to tell. If you didn't know, you would completely believe it. Like, yeah. Like, really. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of things, uh, actors love to take props and costumes from the set sometimes <laughs> I hope to do that as well um <laughs> what I found out he kept the black leather suit from the 1968 special which as you rightfully should he looks really good in it he so looks so fine. good oh my god that's he looks totally so fine. good I know my mom loves that suit on him too <laughs> when we saw it at Graceland we were like wow I wish I took more time looking at it and just like whoa but so much. Anyway. They both pulled it off. Elvis and Austin Butler. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he said it was pretty much such a momentous moment in the film. I think I read somewhere career. that that was the first scene that they even had him perform as Elvis. Was oh, shoot. They I don't... started at... Because I know movies, they film some like out of order. Sometimes. Yes, a lot and of the I think time, he's, yeah. I've seen interviews with him saying like the first scene he ever did as Elvis was the 68 comeback special. And he literally has talked about like how insane that felt like that's a lot of pressure because that's a like it, that's a really, out of like everything that would be the <laughs> hardest scene to film oh my right? god if that's like, true wow and if it feels like it and honestly that's a moment where like he captured that so well so i don't know i've seen like videos and stuff like that but i do remember seeing an interview that said that that was the first scene that he filmed as elvis and i'm wow. just like you can't tell because it looks amazing fantastic yeah yeah we, we will so. get more into that later on <laughs> absolutely um <clears throat> the next fact i found this out and i'm like dude just like justice league <laughs> apparently according to baz lerman there is a four-hour version of this movie oh god we need to see it <laughs> i, I hope it's released what one they day. left out like i am curious just because there are parts that like i Again, I'm trying really hard not to get into opinions here. Uh, there are parts that, like, I would have loved to see more of. Yes. We will, so, get, we will get into them. I'm trying to keep my mouth yeah. shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> because we'll get into that. But I agree. Um, there's so much more. And that's at least, that's another hour, 20 minutes of film. Mm-hmm. But the, I watched the Justice yeah. League one. I can do Elvis. I can do Elvis in one day. <laughs> Happily. <laughs> Maybe twice in one day. That's how hardcore Probably. we are here. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that made me really excited. I'm just like, I need to find this. Hey, we have streaming. You could download it on streaming. No problem. Honestly, if you just put that on streaming, someone would watch it. It would be us. We would watch it. Oh, my gosh. All the time. <laughs> and then my final fact for this episode is this film had a 12-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival, 
when I first heard about that, I think that was before the trailer even dropped, I think. I might be yeah. wrong. But or like only I... the teaser had dropped or something. Yes. Like we didn't hear we'd only heard the voice, but it was Elvis's voice. So it wasn't like that big of like yeah. everyone was still speculating like how he was gonna sound, what it was gonna be yes. like. Like yeah. Yeah, Megan and I were still hesitant, but hearing that, I was like, oh shoot. This like this it made me very happy that this movie had hope. But then I was like, okay, maybe they're gonna do really maybe they are gonna do a really good job. Yeah. I mean that proved a lot to me in some way. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. And now a lot of films are getting a lot of big uh, standing ovations. I'll shout out Brendan Fraser. I grew up with him too. Dude. I loved that. George of the Jungle, The Mummy. Oh my God. So, oh, bless him. I, oh, yes. Anyway, we have our little moments. Um, so, while Christina did a lot of the research of movie facts, I, one thing that I was actually really interested in, because I don't have the wealth of knowledge of Elvis that Christina has, um, because this girl, I could ask her pretty much anything, and I feel like she would just know the answer. If yeah, not, I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. If not, I would ask your mom because they uh, just know everything. <laughs> I probably know more than my mom just because I've like dove in. Like she was alive back then, um, but she, she was also alive when like there weren't computers or anything. I yeah, have literally dove into research <laughs> and movie facts and wedding. Like I have dove into everything. And I then I went to Graceland, it. too. Like, I knew a lot when I went to Graceland. There were some new facts I learned when I was there, so that was exciting. But I knew I a lot st- already. <laughs> I'm still wanting to go. I swear one day I'm My mom there. wants to go again, so there okay. you go. Please, either, this time I'm going to go. She wants to go We don't have another Hall- Hawaii trip. We don't mm-hmm. have any more trips planned. As far as I know of, if my family listens to this, you know, let me know. <laughs> You might have I to put them to... on hold this time and go to Graceland instead. <laughs> I think the only trip that like we're somewhat taught we someone have talked about before is that we want to go to Europe, but like that's a lot of saving and like I could go to Graceland in between, I think. Yes, absolutely. I can make this work. My mom wants um, to go either for the holidays or for Elvis week. So there I'm you down go. for either. Just let me know when and when to buy the ticket. Let's do it. I have to go this time. I Let's so do it. much need to do this. Anyway, so uh the things that I really was interested in with this movie were the things that it got right and the things that it was a little bit off about. Because, you know, watching it, if you don't know anything about Elvis, like, you don't know what's right and wrong. You're just watching this movie. Um, so a couple of things that, like, when I was doing my research, at least, and I was doing this at work, y'all. I was straight up just at work. And my students were literally looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have stuff to do. I have a research paper that I have to do. I had to make up a lie. But yeah, I'm now apparently doing a research paper on Elvis. So. To the best research paper possible. Which is fine. And it's I mean, good therapy. I mean, I you can literally see, I wrote a page and a half. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it all, I promise. But um, a couple of things that just I thought were interesting that I didn't know before. Obviously, you know, I knew the things that it got right. A couple of things. Um, he was close with his mom. Um, I read a lot about that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, unfortunately, he did lose his mom while he was deployed. Uh, which, other fun fact, also happened to Austin Butler. They lost their mom at the exact same age. And you can feel it when you watch that scene. Mm-hmm. 
it is insane. You can feel that emotion. Um, wow, I thought that was so like sad. I did not know also that Colonel Tom Parker wasn't actually a colonel and he wasn't a U.S. citizen. Like this dude just swindled everybody. Like just everybody. It it, it was insane to me. Um, I I actually didn't. I learned about Colonel Parker uh, being an immigrant when I was working at the Nixon Museum. I was okay. talking to some of the other docents, and they're like, "Actually, did you know this? The reason Elvis couldn't leave or couldn't go on his international yeah. tours was because." Parker was an immigrant and he was afraid if he left the country he wouldn't be back in and I was like no way and I looked it up and I did research of course yeah and whoa whoa so I I learned that a few years ago that was not something I knew as a child though yeah and that's kind of that's sad like it's so sad like he could have easily like done all this stuff but this freaking man I I got my own opinions on that. I very yeah. much I am of the belief that he was a villain and um yeah, whatever. Um, we'll go into that later, I promise. Um cuz that's one of my things with this movie. Um I obviously knew that, you know, he met Priscilla Presley or Priscilla when he was stationed in Germany. Um but one thing that the movie does get wrong is it does depict their ages a little bit differently um than they actually were. Um, so that's a whole other thing, um, to not really get into right now, but, uh, yeah, they do depict their ages a little bit differently than they actually were. Um, and one thing I found really sad actually was that he did actually worry that like he was going to be forgotten. Like no one was going to remember him. And it's kind of sad, like really thinking about that. Cause like that was one scene, like. That was when I actually like started to get really emotional in the movie. Is like one of the last scenes of the entire yeah. movie. Let's not talk about that because bruh, <laughs> I I'm gonna go off. On, we'll yeah. go off on that later, I promise. But mm-hmm. just like that really did make me really sad that I found out that was true. Um, I did not know this either, but they actually did make I hate Elvis pins, and I think that's hilarious. Like I, in a weird way, I think it's genius. It is honestly, it it's is. a. From the business mindset. Uh, But I I understand it. I get the mindset behind it. But I'm just like, wow. You really did that. Anyway. And that must have been hard, too. Because just seeing someone wearing a pin that says that they hate you. Like, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I did not know that he was actually in consideration for A Star is Born. The the 70s version. The little Barbara Streisand. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that did is not correct. know that would have been a very different movie, um, very different. Um, but apparently, uh, uh, Colonel Parker would have was trying to make Elvis get top billing, and that would have just been a disaster. Yes, Barbara Streisand is Barbara Streisand, a queen, but like still, yeah. They could have um, had they could have had co billing like Anne Mark or I don't know. If, I don't think Anne Marker got co billing, but she got the co name. In the yeah, movie. I think that was the only have, film where but... he's not the title name. Yeah, I, they could have, but yeah. I another fun, another fun fact. I don't know if you know, and it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure um, he was in the talks to do West Side Story. That's Tony. What? Uh huh. I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry if I'm incorrect, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm not wrong. 
I remember hearing that. I don't know if he ever fully auditioned. Again, Tom Parker said no. Um, but he was at least in the talks for Tony in West Side Story. Could you imagine? Parker is just a whole other freaking topic that like I could go off on. But like <laughs> that also would have been a very different West Side Story. But then again, you don't really remember Tony from West Side Story. So no one knows who he is and he's just, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, one thing that I found really interesting, and I had to look this up because this is one part of the movie. It was a very small part. But, and I don't even think anyone's going to remember it. But there was a moment where, like, they made him dress in, like, the suit and tails and everything. And they made him sing Hound Dog to a hound dog. And mm-hmm. I had to know if that was real or not. Yep. And it is. It was very real. Um, I've seen it, the I've seen the real clips. Of I it. had to go look at the real yeah. clip. I just I had to see the clip to be to believe it. Mm-hmm. And it was I didn't, real. I didn't know that they forced him to do. I mean, I'm not surprised that they forced him to do it. But his rage after that, yeah. Woo, it, apparently, though, it was not uh, Colonel Parker's idea. It yeah. was the host of the show that he was doing. He didn't really like Elvis, so he was like, "Oh, if we're gonna do this, you're gonna do it this way." And Elvis, of course, didn't like it. You could watch the clip. Like, you could tell he's a little bit awkward. Like, he doesn't really know. But, like, he's at least sweet about it. Like, mm-hmm. He pulls it off, yeah. Yeah, he pulled it off well. But I just, I had to see if that was real. Because watching the movie, I was like, is this legit? Like, this is just a little too weird and a little too crazy for me. But, you know. And then that was obviously just the moment that, like, they were, like, trying to fix his image. That didn't work. And then eventually they fix his image, air quote, uh, by sending him to the army. It wasn't actually a choice between military or prison. That's very much fake. Um, But what was real, and actually um, my uh, sister was wondering this as well, is did they actually send media to watch him get his hair cut? And they did. They actually, Colonel Parker straight up hired media cameras to watch him get his hair cut. And I thought that scene was insane. I was like, this is so weird to see. But, you know, that was a thing. (laughs) So, obviously, the movie depicts that he did have a very dysfunctional relationship with Colonel Parker. Um, But they do get a little bit of things wrong in, like, how they went about it. Uh, Elvis did not scream out in the middle of a Vegas performance (laughs) attacking Colonel Parker. I watched that scene. And it's insane. Dude. But he did not do that. I get so stressed out with that scene. And I just think, I'm like, did he do that? I'm like, I don't ever right? recall him doing that. I hope he didn't do that because that's just so heartbreaking. No, it is confirmed he did not do that. But it is insane. He definitely did try to fire him. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes. Multiple times. But it did times, not happen. But, yeah. It did not happen in the extreme rage in front of everybody on it. That did not happen. Apparently, there are reports that, like, there was one day that, like, he did, like, go a little bit off on a, like, on a theater show, but not to the extent of that scene. That scene is stressful. Like, when you watch it, I felt, like, stressed. I don't know why, but I did. It's probably the most um, stressful scene, honestly. Honestly, <sighs> yeah, I could see. I, I could see that. Um, and then, obviously, um, So another thing that happens, I guess, during that scene as well, um, Colonel Parker did not actually trade Elvis, like, performing for gambling debts. Um, He did negotiate an insane contract, though, and he did take a lot of the money, which is also a really sad fact that this movie actually does get right. Colonel Parker went left with 
a lot of Elvis's money, really swindled him out of a lot of things. And hmm, that's the most sad thing of them all to me. Um, though they do get their meeting incorrect. So they do not meet on a Ferris wheel in a carnival. Like that whole scene is just movie magic. <laughs> it's movie magic. It's a great scene. They depict everything really interestingly. Very but well done, they yeah. did not have a conversation on a Ferris wheel as interesting as that is. Though I will say, Austin Butler in that scene just, oh, goodness gracious. My God. It was beautiful. But yeah, that scene did not actually happen in real life. And one other thing, we've already talked about that trouble scene. Mm-hmm. One, I'm impressed that it was Austin Butler singing for sure. Um, two, I now need to listen to that song every five days. Um, only five days only five days because i can only handle it every other day i'm listening to actual elvis but just sometimes you need that little break and that's pretty much one of the only songs i listen to on this soundtrack because it's so good i almost said every five minutes but that's a little too much (laughs) um but that did not actually happen so that whole scene is fabricated too he did not play trouble at that show um it did not erupt into a riot um it didn't happen. But yeah, I heard that trouble actually scene. wasn't even out at that point. No, it, it came out in a, in one of his movies. I don't know which one, but um it had it wasn't even a song for him yet. So, definitely didn't happen, but that scene itself is beautiful. Um other things, so they did make changes to the 68 special after uh Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy were shot. Um, That's where, like, the whole ending obviously comes from. Um, And, you know, they wanted it to be a Christmas scene ending, but, uh, like, the whole set and stuff wasn't already built. Like, it wasn't like he just said, screw you guys, I'm going to do my own thing. You know? But they did originally want it to be a Christmas ending where he sings in a sweater and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, But Robert Kennedy was not shot while they were filming the 68 special. Um, That scene, though, it, you know, we don't know what exactly, I don't know exactly what Elvis was doing during that moment, but he was not shot during filming. (laughs) So that's one other thing. All right. So those are some facts and such about the film. And now Megan and I are going to go into our opinions. Um, we did have a little bit of... Where do I start? Uh, <laughs> I, I, so I got a, two pages, so here we go. Um, <laughs> I didn't even write mine down. <laughs> okay. I, I wrote busy. these down while I was watching the movie. I was like, I like this, I like this, I like this. Um, I watched it last weekend, so it's still pretty fresh in my mind. I want to watch it again, honestly. Beautiful. But I just had... I literally fell asleep last night. I was so tired, I didn't get a chance. So I will watch it again, but um, yeah. I did watch it last weekend, so it's still fresh. So Megan and I were a little late coming into this movie, which I'm very sad about. When I'm excited about movies, I love going opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but Megan did see it first, and uh, both of us <laughs> were very hesitant at first. However, when the trailer first dropped and we heard his voice, oh my god, that, that blew me away. That put my mind so much at ease. It was like... Because I remember when they even just announced this movie and it was like a big deal of like who was going to play Elvis. Yeah, no. I remember when they cast Austin Butler and I remember him from like childhood days. 
like on Zoe 101 on Disney Channel. Sharpay's Big Adventure. Yes, like oh my goodness, and I was literally like, no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, really? I was so hesitant. I was so hesitant. I did not know what was going to happen. Yeah, because. It was- it's so weird, too, because everyone's like, oh, he's that guy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm like, excuse no, he's me? that guy no. from Zoe 101. He's from Sharpay's <laughs> Big Adventure. What are you talking about? He's been around for like, years. <laughs> like, no. He, no. No. I, yeah. So I'm like, I'm, it's better that he was, like, lesser known. But he was, to our generation, he was still very well known. So, yeah, I was yeah. a little iffy with it. Better than Adore Harry Styles, but both of us were like, No. Don't we were big One Direction fans, but, like, at the same time, I just couldn't see it. Like, I just, I couldn't, realistically. I think, no, I just couldn't see it. I, no. So, <laughs> just no. Love you, Harry. No. Adore like, you. I'm excited for your next film. But for real. Elvis, absolutely not. Yeah, I just don't think it was a good fit. Um, but, I don't know. I was very hesitant. But, again, watching the trailer, and there was a moment where, like, he, I don't remember what exactly he said, but he said it. And I was just like, I'm convinced. Yeah. I heard the voice I and I was like, oh my God. I texted Megan. I'm like, dude, you need it. Like he actually sounds like Elvis. Like obviously it's not perfect, but I didn't even think it would be as close to Elvis as it is. Like this real. is insane. I didn't expect it to be that accurate. Yeah. Like um, it, that was just all it was. Yeah. And um, Megan ended up going to see it first before I did. Um, and again, that was like, I I was, I was relying on her. I was like, her opinion is definitely, definitely going to (laughs) influence my opinion. A hundred percent. We will have the same opinions. And I remember her telling me, oh my God, it's so good. His like above everything, it is his performance. Mm -hmm. And you did say you got emotional and cried at the end. And I'm like, amazing. If you cried, I better be crying. That means it was good. And performance genuinely when they they do like they I swear they just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh, it. Like the the ending we will we will go off on. Oh my gosh! So I couldn't good. even help it. Like I literally was. I couldn't even help it. I don't even think my family knew that I was crying. But mm-hmm. just like I'm sitting there in my seat, like I was. Me? Yeah, I was waiting. I was like, okay, I'm getting emotional, but I'm not crying. I want to cry, and then wait a little longer. <laughs> And then there it happened. There it was. was. Yep. There it was. <laughs> yep. Um, and then my mom, I can see, like, there's some times where my mom's like, whoa, like, he really looks like Elvis. And she started, like, dancing in her seat and everything. It kind of reminded me when we were at Graceland watching his films. Um, and so, like, just seeing her like that. And then at the end of the movie, too, she was like, his performance was outstanding. I was like, mm-hmm. that made me very happy. Um I was, both of us also were very hesitant because Baz Luhrmann, he's more a musical theater director type because he did Gatsby, Moulin Rouge. I don't think that's the right fit for Elvis. I think a more serious film, like how Bohemian Rhapsody was, I think that would have been a better vibe for Elvis overall. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I can I mean, see how he does that because in the 70s he was more elaborate. Sure. It is a Baz Luhrmann movie first exactly. and foremost. Like so that's we, what this is. Yeah, so we knew what we were walking into which I'm oh, very happy sure. about. Um, so if you don't know Baz Luhrmann's work, like you don't know his version of Gatsby, Moulin Rouge especially. Um, very theatrical. His Romeo and Juliet, like it is very he's a very stylistic director. 
And you could tell when you watch Elvis and when you see like the many cuts and the kaleidoscopes. Yeah. Type Especially effect, the like, first half, I would say. For me, it was right after they started talking about his music career. Like when they did the whole montage of like talking mm-hmm. about his movie mm-hmm. career. Mu- movie career, I actually, sorry. The, the little montages, I actually kind of liked. It wasn't that bad, <laughs> but like that was the moment that like I was like, this is very much a Baz Luhrmann movie. This yeah. is very, like, that was quintessential. Yeah. That's his style. Which I can go with. You know, I loved his version of Gatsby. I was hesitant on Moulin Rouge, but when I watched it finally again fully, I was like, alright, I get it, but it's just not my style. Yeah, not me either. <laughs> but, but yeah, at least we knew, like, we knew his style. So we knew what we were getting he- into. Yeah, when people, like, talked about the directing, I was like, yes, that is that is who he is, and that's how he directs. For so, sure. not my opinion for Elvis, but we knew it walking into the film. Which um, helped. But, of course, above all, Austin Butler's performance was phenomenal, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely deserved that 12-minute standing ovation. Uh, absolutely Oscar-worthy. Depending who his competition is, I don't know if he'll win. He has I a, think it will depend on the competition, but yeah, I he has any a, other... Yeah, like really big like actors come out of like yeah. any other movie so far this year. Yeah, the so, only other movie that really competed with him this year was Top Gun Maverick. I haven't seen it yet, and I adore Tom Cruise. That's I need maybe to see the it. only one that I could somewhat see. Yeah, but I don't know. I would have had to see the movie like to be yes. able to determine it. But I mean, that movie also made a lot of money and yes. did really well at the box office. So. I don't know, um, I, but I do think that he's a good competition for absolutely anyone going to go against. Like nomination, he, 100%. Um, like I said before, I never thought anyone could get this close to Elvis. Like, he's had impersonators in the past. He's had other films about course. him. I never thought, Rami Malek did a superb job as Freddie Mercury. Never thought anyone could get that close to Elvis. But Austin Butler did. Yeah, Somehow, and that's probably the most impressive thing in this whole movie. I do like that they showed um, when he was little his love for comic books. And then at the end, he does a speech, too, about, like, oh, I used to read these comic books, and I was, like, the hero of the story. A lot of people – I didn't even know about that until a couple of years ago. Um, but a lot of people honestly. don't know about that. So I'm, I kind of – I like that – the little childhood stuff in him um, to start I love out. it as somebody who also loves comic books. So that kind of mm-hmm. just – I love that learning about that. Yeah, I was like, no <laughs> That way, little fun so fact cool. for me. Um. Of course, in the beginning, when the girls start to scream, it's very cheesy and awkward. <laughs> my mom laughed. I remember my mom laughing I couldn't about help that. but laugh. But also, like, it's so awkward as a film, but that is what it was back then because no one's ever acted like that for a performance. So well, our fangirl yeah, uh, that's what I generation began of. then. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, that was us. That was us with One Direction. High school, like how fangirling we would get, like yeah. for One Direction was our generation, yeah, or like our age group. Um, and like, I see I, it in I'm my sorry. students now too. Yeah, I'm sorry for people who are so supportive of Beatlemania, whatever. Elvis's fans started the fangirl era. It got crazier yeah. in Beatlemania, sure, but for it sure. all began with Elvis. Thank yeah, you. No, I, drop. It's so funny to me, like when I watch that scene because everyone thinks it's so corny, but like. I know what it's like to go to those crazy fangirl concerts because I was that crazy fangirl. Those were the days. Like, 
And it's so funny because I see that in my students now too. Like they have their own like boy bands and stuff that they like love and they know all the information and they like scream whenever they even see a performance of them. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, whoa, wow. <laughs> that was me 10 years ago. <laughs> oh God, don't say that. It makes me sound old. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Yep. 10 years ago. Wow. Ooh, sad. Anyway, um, it did start with Elvis. Yes. Yes, it did. Give the credit. Um, I, I said this a little bit earlier on. I did like the movie collage that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cute. Um, I just wish that they did talk about it more. My dad agrees, too, because, like, film, although it wasn't the best part of his career, it was still a huge – it took almost a decade, pretty much. Of it life. was. Like, it really did – that was a huge part. He wasn't really making like music during that time. Yeah, and a lot acting. of people, a lot of people know him from his movies too. I was raised on Blue Hawaii. <laughs> well, and honestly, which I finally did see. I yes, Megan finally came over. I watched Blue Hawaii. I did finally see Blue Hawaii, and it was so funny because after that, I remember I walked into my dad's room one day, and he was watching Blue Hawaii, and it was in the Rockahula scene. And oh, he's so I was, hot in that scene. And I was watching it in that moment. And I told my dad, I go, I just watched this, like, for the first time. Like, I think it was that Sunday or something. Like, I, he was watching it. And I was like, I just watched this, like, two days ago for the first time. And he was like, really? I was like, yes. I promised Christina that I would watch it with her for the first time. I have drank Blue Hawaii's in Hawaii while listening to Elvis before I'd even seen the movie. It was an amazing movie. At least you knew. Yep, it's one of his best, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do do like in the little, the movie montage collage thing, they did show Kurt Russell as a little boy kicking Elvis. I was like, Which my family didn't know either, because, okay, if anyone else knows, they just put a whole bunch of Elvis movies also on HBO Max, which I'm a little salty about, because I just bought, I bought Girl Happy on Amazon Prime, and then they put it on HBO Max, like, a year later, and I'm like whatever i have it to own anyway yeah. so <laughs> i'm kind of salty that we've been struggling all these years to watch elvis movies right? on streaming but and they're like sometimes hulu or prime will have them but they're and but then they disperse and now that the elvis film has come out because we have a whole bunch but you know what it's great elvis is getting more credit with this it's current great. generation but we yeah, were fans so, from the beginning though but yeah so i decided to watch it Hap- it happened at the world's fair because I'd only seen that movie once, and that was one of my first Elvis movies I saw. Because, again, my first movie was Girl Happy. My second movie was It Happened at the World's Fair. Um, I've been watching Girl Happy, and I also made my two sisters watch Girl Happy with me. Because they wanted to watch an Elvis movie, and I said, Girl Happy. Um, and then they watched It Happened at the World's Fair, and my dad was watching it with me, and I was like, that's a young Kurt Russell. And they were like, no. I was like, yes. <laughs> His first movie. I was like, that's a young Kurt Russell. He got to kick Elvis in the knee. <laughs> and Can you I told imagine? Him at the very beginning, and they didn't realize it. But then I realized he came back around, obviously, and asked, like, do you want to kick me? Do you want me to kick you in the knee again? And I, that was when I told him, like, yes, that is Kurt Russell. And they thought it was hilarious. I was like, yep. I was like, now you know. And information that Tina told me, I passed it on to my family. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another thing for us history buffs, I do love, I mean, it was very important to Elvis too, so it's important that it was in this film, but I do love that they added major historical moments, such as the, the issues with segregation, 
Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, Bobby Kennedy getting shot, even I kind of got excited, although it's sad, but I kind of got excited when um, they show Sharon Tate is murdered on the newspaper because Austin Butler played uh, one of the Manson family uh, members that murdered Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I love that whole connection. It Just took a little me a minute egg. to realize it. I were I watched it the second time and I oh, was I like, caught that Wait right a away second. when I watched it. I caught it right away. I was like I don't know how I missed it. I think the first time I was just trying to watch the movie and this was the second time that I was like analyzing it. Because that's what we do. We always watch the movie the first time and then the second time we're like, ooh, I liked that part. Ooh, okay, we're going to look back at that. Like picking it apart kind of thing. Um, before then you watch it again and you and you enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so I only caught that the second time and I thought it was like, I did make that connection with the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then it was just interesting because like, I didn't realize it was during the same exact time frame, but like it was. So yeah, that was yeah. interesting. Like I, ca- <laughs> I, I always talk about how great life was back then, but even back then they're like, life is hard and like, like there's a lot of tragic events happening and there were a lot of tragic events happening during Things those happen. times too. Every single like, generation and decade. Then so. It's just a part of life. Yeah. It really, it really makes you think like that things are just going to happen. Yeah. Um, I did really enjoy the Hollywood sign scene too. Once we got right before the 68 special, just like, just all of it. Just the fact, like the directing of it was fantastic. The dialogue, the little bits of comedy. Yeah. Um, the acting. It was, just, I and like it. them, be, them being sneaky. Uh, mm-hmm. His laugh. Dude. Okay. I sent you a Snapchat the other day when I was watching it because that was the moment I remember just seeing it in theaters. And then I, when I watched it again, the second time, I don't think anyone else would have pointed it out, but I know you would realize it with me, but just when he bursts out laughing, I just was like mesmerized. I don't know why, but I just was mesmerized. He captured his laugh. He nailed it. That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Like out of, Honestly, out of everything, like his dance moves, his singing, everything is exquisite to the T, as similar and close to Elvis as you can get. But that moment, you see Elvis shining out of him in that laugh. That is him. It was insane. I just remember like watching it and I was just like, like, I know that Hollywood sign scene didn't actually happen in Mm -hmm. real life, but like they like that laugh just like came out of him and I was just like oh my god like it brought me back to like watching like those Elvis movies for the first time and you hear his laugh and it's one yep. of those the behind the scenes of the concerts too like, yeah it's one of those laughs that's very distinct like there are certain laughs from like that time period that for some reason just I find very distinct and very like you know it's them and his is one of them and yeah I don't know. I just heard it. And like that, that mesmerized me for some reason. I don't think anyone else would realize it, but I just was like, Oh my God. Yeah. What you said, it completely (laughs) mesmerizes you. Like (laughs) I can still hear it and see it in my brain right now. Yeah. Like it just, there are just little moments that just stick with you from this movie and it's insane, but that is one of them. (laughs) It is. And like, like you said, that scene didn't really happen. But I still loved it, even though it wasn't Yeah, accurate. it was so really it good. It was so and well done. And it gave done. you an interesting behind-the-scenes look at, like, 
Because, I mean, realistically, they did meet and have to, yeah. like, they did change things for yeah. the 68 special. It gave you an inside look of, like, what the plan was for the 68 special. Exactly. And then I, I do like the way they, the way the dialogue is played out, too. It mm-hmm. really makes you want to support Elvis. Like, if you're not exactly. already supporting him a lot right now, you are 100% behind him after this scene. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really enjoyed that. Um of course, we have finally made it to the 68 special. Um, the set, the costumes, of course, his performance. I, you know Fantastic. that I have on this scene. <laughs> Fantastic. Beautiful job. He, like we said, he looks, I wrote down here, black leather suit. Beautiful. The moves. Um, like, it's his, everything. the way that he moves, just, it's perfect every beat it's when just, his arms mm-hmm, when his arms go like, forward elvis's arms the way his forward. like knees are moving like and all of it like i don't know and again this was the first scene that they filmed and the fact that they captured this so well is insane to me i had a look at moments i was like okay what parts are elvis what parts are austin i think it may have all been austin i'm not entirely sure for that for one the i can maybe special. see mixing like a little bit. Okay, I feel like maybe in the very beginning, like far away, it looked like Elvis, and then close up it was Austin. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't know, but I just thought that they did the '68 special so perfectly, including the set. Oh my god, dude! You know I want to talk about it. I know I'm I'm ready for it if I can dream. <laughs> yes. Oh. If any of you guys know. This is one of my personal favorite Elvis songs. Same here, 100% like, behind I it. have, I, like, I love this song. And it's not really been released in a lot of places. Like, the only way that I could always find it, it's on, like, his, like, the 30 greatest hits, like, record. Because they didn't release this song. And then it's a bonus track on the record. So, like, if you buy, like, the deluxe edition, you can have mm-hmm. this song on there. Yeah, I, I first listened to it. By watching the 68 special yeah, years ago. So that's exactly. how I knew it. But like, oh my goodness. I remember when I saw this song, this, like the 68 special for the first time. And then also when we saw it in theaters, that was another mo- like moment that like, it really like hit me. It's just such a beautiful song. And it's so meaningful. Like it really is. I don't know. It's just, it's my favorite song. Mm-hmm. And they did it perfectly. Like, I was, like, watching that scene and just the way that he's moving and the suit and all of it is... The, the, art, the arm movements. I do it every perfect. time. I do it every time because I know I'm doing it with Elvis. And he it's nailed perfect. it. I can't. Beautiful. It's literally one of the most perfect recreations, like, in the movie for me. Like, and I was yeah. so scared. Uh, yeah. This was a moment that I was like, I, I was holding so my breath about, but it just was perfect. And the way that they did it was just perfect. I don't know. I, mm, well, I have certain scenes in this movie that are just like, well they were said. special to me. Yeah. And certain yeah. moments in Elvis's life that like, I like hold with me. Like, and it's mm-hmm. that moment during the six days special. Like I was waiting for it when we were in the theaters. I was like, I really want to see this on like the big screen. And like seeing it again on the big screen as a recreation and like still having that feeling of like, this is really beautiful. And yeah, that was awesome. I loved that. 
Very I, I was well waiting said. to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I know, I know. We're like, we're waiting, we're waiting. It's here, if I can dream. <laughs> um, yeah, it's absolutely one of my favorites. It's probably the top three Elvis favorite songs, too. It's so beautiful. So I need to see who wrote the song. Because Elvis didn't write any of his songs. I, I yeah. want to know who wrote the song. Um, but it was such a beautiful job, beautiful performance to the T. Um, and like I said, the arm movements, I love doing it. The fact Austin nailed it every single exactly. time made me so happy. It was definitely one of the best parts of this movie as well. Um, and I texted Megan this a couple of days ago. We were on break at my job and my coworkers asked like, oh, have you seen the Elvis movie? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, and they started talking about like, oh, there's this song, If I Can Dream. And I'm like, yeah, it's the best part of the movie, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, it's so good. I can't stop listening to it. And then they started playing it on their phone on repeat. And I'm just enjoying it. deserves it. it. I'm just sitting on the couch on my break, listening to them, listening to that. And I'm just like, I told them, I was like, I'm so proud right now that we're listening to Elvis on our break. And I'm not the one playing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the shocking thing. I'm not the one playing it. Another fun fact, um, the guy that was playing it on his phone, I can't remember what he did, but I guess his grandfather or great-grandfather worked in the music industry. He worked somehow, worked with Sinatra, Dean Martin, basically Rat Pack. He said the nicest person that he ever worked with was Elvis Presley. And I was just like, oh, my God, history. You have a connection to Elvis? (laughs) oh my god (laughs) even if you don't know much about Elvis oh my god (laughs) but yeah just the fact I wasn't playing it someone else was playing it on break I was literally just I was eating my salad so happy on the couch just listening (laughs) oh my god it was amazing oh and yeah honestly it does make me so proud because this film is spreading Elvis to this generation and a lot a lot Mm -hmm. of this generation has complaints about Elvis but they are not educated. They don't know Elvis very well. So I'm like, it's you know, it's very hard here. because I, I keep seeing all the complaints. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I can see some of them in some ways valid. It's hard because, and you know, I love Elvis. You know that I always will. It's just something that, like, I hold close to my heart. And it's, but I also am just like, some of the complaints that I see are just like, okay. But did you really think that out? Like, did we really, like, do the research and do the educating? Like, do, you know, watch the interviews with these real people? Like, and think about, like, what exactly is their opinion? How exactly did they feel about the situation? You know, you can have all these opinions, but still realize that there are also good things that these people did. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's a bit of, it's like a mixed bag. Everyone's not perfect. Like, not everyone is perfect. That's perfectly fine. People have flaws. But you can't, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I understand being critical of somebody, but just some of the things that I always see pointed out about him, I'm like, did you actually do any research? Like, real research? Like, exactly. read the biographies by these people who lived it. Watch the interviews from these people who lived it. Like. Who knew his, him. His ex-wife is still alive. Like. <laughs> And his girlfriend in his final years, yeah. 
Like, that is that is something else I kind of like. Of course, they wouldn't really put it in the movie, but I do wish that they added like his other serious girlfriends towards the end of his life. Yeah. I just I thought that would have been kind of interesting because that was still a bigger part um, of his life. Like, yeah, know. they didn't really show his love life. I mean, I have critiques for this movie. Don't get me yes. wrong, but I I I don't know. I, I mean, it makes you do the positives, and then I can yeah. talk a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's fair because like Priscilla Presley had was the one assisting with this and her input. So it makes sense that she didn't want the other girlfriends. So that makes sense. I just wish, like, I would have liked to see the other girlfriends just because it was a thing. Another fantastic performance was the 70s performances. Oh, my God. If Dude. A- if anything could have been the 1968 special performance, it was the it 70s. It was the Vegas performance. Oh, my God. That had me shook, dude. It was outstanding. And, like... I won't lie, seventies Elvis isn't my favorite era. I love fifties, sixties Elvis. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Again, to the T. The well, obviously the singing wasn't him in this one, but the dancing, the movements, everything was accurate. It, absolutely incredible. And again, with the speaking voice, the speaking voice he did change. Very different from the fifties. Different from the sixties, and you more... can tell the difference, which is so insane to me. Like yeah. that, he literally would do different voices throughout this yeah. entire movie, and he still managed to portray Elvis in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like there are very different Elvises throughout this movie, and you get a feel for all of them in mm-hmm. some capacity. Again, I have critiques about this movie. <laughs> um, at the same time, while I can yeah. say that I really like it. But this is a part as well that I'm like, if you were going to show any part of the Vegas spectaculars that they did, Fantastic. this was a really good part. Mm-hmm. The set was incredible, too. Everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, they that was perfect. Yeah. Um, oh, also, interesting fact that I read. Um, I knew, well, of course, in the 70s, he has, like, all the groups um, singing backup for him and the orchestra yeah. and everything. So the Sweet Inspirations were the female African-American group. Mm-hmm. It was founded or co-founded by Whitney Houston's mother. She was a Sweet Inspiration, apparently. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> that I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I read that online, and I totally forgot about it. I just thought of it right <laughs> now. I was just like, no way. That's insane. That is, That's really oh. cool. I wow. didn't know that. Huh. Wow. But yeah, um, if anything could top the 68 specials, the 70s. I like, I remember just complete shock and astounded by this performance. It just mm-hmm. blew me away. It was like he just threw his entire self into this. Mm-hmm. 100%. Just and like you Elvis could feel did. that. Yep. Um, of course, <laughs> when Elvis goes into the audience and starts kissing all of the girls. Dude! <laughs> Classic Elvis. I'm like, yeah, you had to put that in there. You just had to. That's Dude, Elvis. okay. My sister had didn't know anything about that. And she was watching it and she just was like, what is happening? <laughs> She's so confused. Like, that, like that's of course Elvis I'm watching it. Of course I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. I just remember she was watching it, and she was just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't understand, but okay. It was just really funny. It was like classic Elvis. Classic Elvis. And another classic Elvis they added, not too heavily, but a little bit here and there, um, while he's in Vegas, his karate moves. 
He was yes, very passionate about karate. jujitsu on some people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which they also didn't expect, so. Yeah. And then I was also very happy that, although he wasn't really singing it, I'm very happy they used Burning Love in the in the mm-hmm. movie because that is also one of my other absolute favorite songs. Um, <laughs> I know it wasn't one of his favorite songs. He didn't like yeah. the structure of it, which makes me sad. But, oh, well, I it's one of my absolute favorites. Um, and then, of course, they did show the Hawaii performance, which is iconic. And I love that they used real Elvis footage as well. I wish it was longer. They cut that in, didn't they? Like, that was, with that, I don't know, because that was a scene that I was like, I couldn't tell if that was him or if that was Austin Butler. I think both. Um, it was a short scene, so I think initially it started with El- with Elvis, and then little bits here and there, they added Austin in. Um, yeah. It could have I mean, been that mostly was still, Elvis, like That though. was a part that just got me emotional. I was like, oh yeah. my god. Just, yeah. That, that was wow. iconic. That, yeah, <laughs> a huge part of his career as well as the Hawaii satellite performances. So, yeah, good thing they did add that. All right, we have come towards the end. Not at the end, but towards the end. Of just our positives? <laughs> uh, yeah, just the positives. I didn't really write down any critiques. <laughs> I have some critiques. <laughs> Fair. Um, this might take Which some time Which I know you still. agree with, so <sighs> at least most of them that I can think of. The beginning of the real emotion moments. Oh, God. We need so, to cry again, to start, to start... The breakup scene when Priscilla is leaving Elvis. Oh. When she is on the way leaving the house. I love, I hate, but I love the line. Who knows if Elvis really said this or not? We don't know. But in the film, Elvis says to Priscilla, when you're 40 and I'm 50, we'll be back together. You'll see. And that shot me right in the heart because if you know... He passed away at 42. So whoever wrote that dialogue really did it to destroy our hearts. And oh my God, my poor broken heart. What a line. Like that hit me. It might not have affected everyone if they didn't catch it very quickly, but it hit me my, like a ton of bricks. My part that like got me emotional during that part was when he was just holding her. That and too. She was oh, just so like, beautiful. You have to let me go. Mm-hmm. And I read that somewhere that that was a real line that she mm-hmm. said to him. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, my God. Like, that just hit. I don't that, know that why, was, but yeah. for some reason, that just was like, wow. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole scene was just. It's kind oh. of the moment you really do start to see, like, a downfall. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like a. That's, a, that's the peak of it. Yep. Yeah. It's where you kind of start to see like a boulder, like kind of running, like ro- like rolling down a hill, basically, because everything just goes wrong after that. When you're forty and I'm fifty, we'll be back together. Oh I'm my too. god! Barely made it past forty. <gasps> so it's so heartbreaking. Um, wow. Another favorite line. Just a few scenes after, really. <laughs> <sighs> they are in the car. Um, 
Oh my god, the, this scene. So this that, was where I started getting emotional. That's where I, yeah, I got a little this emotional is... and like touched with the breakup scene, but the car scene is where the emotions and teary eyed began, and then the rest of the movie I was crying. <laughs> basically, because um, that's basically where the movie ends. Like the, pretty and then much it plays like, yeah, yeah, um, you know where. So the this car scene so beautifully done too. It like the dialogue. Just, it was so simple and well done. Um, so in the car, whew, Priscilla asks Elvis, how are you doing? He looks at her and sighs. He doesn't say a word. And you can feel that pain and heartache from him. No words. It doesn't need to have any. And just when when he had that sigh, my heart broke, and that's when I started crying. And yeah, that whole scene was well done, and I was like, Whew. because when you're not okay, you you don't have words. And he, that was ugh. all you could do was just sigh. It's I understand. I get yeah. that feeling. Like I do. Yeah. It's it's just something. Like it was probably the one moment where like I was watching it and I just felt like that was like a connection mm-hmm. and it was like because yeah, everyone 100%. has days where just like they are not okay a hundred percent and it yeah. was just you could feel like that emotion of just like he's not okay mm-hmm. and then and of course like right afterwards they're like she's he like died. <laughs> yeah and she's like begging him like please like it's all set up there's like a rehab place like she's like begging him again I don't know to what extent this is all accurate or if the dialogue's so, accurate. I did actually she... find research on that. She okay. did not actually like figure, like find him a rehab place, but yeah. she was wanting him to get help. Yeah. She was always a really big advocate for yeah. him. I know um, his girlfriend later on to Linda Thompson. Um, she was with him for four years and um, she ultimately like broke it off with him because of the drugs as well. She wanted him to get better and have a better lifestyle but he just couldn't and it, it's just so heartbreaking like even just for a film even though the scene was 100% accurate it's just like Priscilla is all of us it's like we want you to, to get better like although you died over 40 years ago like we want you to get better please go but you know he doesn't and the tragic ending ah, yeah, the, the tears just keep coming and then as the film continues towards an end um they played Unchained Melody at the end, which was his last performance. They mentioned Colonel Parker was at his very last performance and how bad shape he was in. But his singing voice was still perfection. Was so I was crying at that point. Because mm-hmm. just watching that. And, like, I knew that was his final performance. Yeah. Like, because if you don't know that and they're just playing this part and you're watching it and you're just, like, you know that that's probably going to be the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And but you're watching it, and like if you know that that's his final performance, you're just like, he could still sing, like so beautifully, like to the point where like you you like can't help but feel it. But he just was in such bad shape, and no one was helping him. Mm-hmm. And it was like he was he was surrounded by enablers. Basically, there were people who wanted to help them, but there were people just a little bit stronger who were just keeping him yeah. from getting help. Yeah. And I, I love that they use the real footage of the performance. And Honestly, then, yeah. But then it cuts and it shows Austin performing it too. 
And again, like, th- this is more obvious. You could tell in the eyes it's Austin. Yeah. But still, like, uh, such a uh, such a good performance from him. It's uh, outstanding. They did it really well. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then this movie, when I watched it, like, after the first time, I was in tears. <laughs> so sad. So many I emotions. had to go hide in the bathroom. <laughs> the first oh. time I texted you from the bathroom because I was oh. just trying to, like, get away. I was like, oh. I need to hide from my family for a minute while I clean myself up <laughs> oh my <laughs> so that God. I don't look crazy for yeah. crying in a movie. Because I obviously knew he was going to die in the end, but it mm-hmm. just still hit different. Yeah. And then after <laughs> I watched it again on HBO Max at my house, and after the movie ends, I was just lying in my bed. So sad. Like, uh, yeah. I feel, I feel, I just, it leaves you with so many emotions. Like, you're sad, but you feel the love. You feel the passion. You feel the heartbreak. Yeah. Thank God I had things to do the rest of the day because otherwise <laughs> I probably would have just stayed in my bed depressed. I remember I got home and I just felt like I was like drained. Yeah. Like, I yes. was just like, yes. I drained. I felt drained. I can't feel any emotion right now. Like, I am just drained. That is like, the word. Oh my God. Yeah. It just takes it all out of you. But, um, be- yeah, beautiful Austin Butler. My God, you did the performance of your life. I never thought anyone could do that, to- could do what you did for Elvis. Congratulations. <laughs> I wish you the best. I-, I hope you get your Oscar nomination and possibly a win because you absolutely deserve it. Mm-hmm. So, again, for those that don't know, because COVID, he was prepping for this movie beforehand. And then COVID happened, too. So he was... And I believe he's a method actor. So he was in the Elvis mindset for like two years. I've seen him do interviews. He's talked about like that was the way that he talked for two years. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people say like his voice changed because it's like that would change your voice. Like talking yeah. in a certain way for two whole years. Like that's a lot. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I give this I give him mad props because my goodness, I could not imagine Okay, so since we basically have given our praise for the movie, um, I know we did occasionally talk about a couple of things that we weren't as big of fans of, um, and a couple we've already mentioned. Um, I wish they'd shown more, in a way. Like, I wish they'd kind of elaborated on certain things. This movie really also felt like it was Colonel Parker's story. And it's really jarring, honestly, when you don't know that. When you go into the movie and you're just like, okay, this is starting off with Colonel Parker. Where's Elvis? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and there's so many other things that like they could have gone into like his movie career. Like we said, it, it took up a decade pretty much of his life. Like that was all he did after he got out of the military. Um, going into, you know, how he came up with the whole Vegas show and all the craziness that he did. There is a documentary on that, but like, I just wish kind of the movie had gone into a little bit more detail. Um, but again, that did lead me to watch the documentary. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of wish like it had shown a little bit more Elvis and to be very, like, I love Tom Hanks, but this wasn't my favorite performance of him. (laughs) Um, it was a little bit weird, but I don't know. I that's my one critique I'd say of this movie is 
I wish it just showed more, which maybe this four hour version. Exactly. Exactly. So, Andrew's like, there is a four hour version. Cause obviously you can't put the whole life into two and a half, three hours. Like that's the thing is like, but it's a really four hard hour to like true fans. It's hard to like kind of criticize that because the movie is already three hours long and you already get through a fair amount of his life. And, you know, you do learn a lot if you really don't know a lot about Elvis. But, like, I don't know. There's that fan in me that's, like, I wish they'd gone more into this. But, like, mm-hmm. I also realized that, like, that's not possible in a less than three-hour movie. And already three hours is extensive. Like, I was already, like, really tired after three hours of watching Elvis's life. Um, My other critique is I want the combination song of Viva Las Vegas and Toxic to be on the album. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. But like, that's one of my other things. I, the music, I wish they'd had a little bit yes. more Elvis music. Yeah. Because I don't know why, but it just felt like there wasn't enough. Like there were so many other songs that I was like, this song could have been there, but instead they played a random pop song from today that didn't feel like it felt it didn't fit into the movie. I I won't say exactly what song it is, but Megan knows exactly what song it is. Mm-hmm. When this first came out, Megan and I were horrified. Well, okay, no teaser trailers had been released. Nothing yeah. had really come out. This was the first thing to come out. And I just remember thinking to myself, and my family even thought the same exact thing. We were I was just like, like what, what is, is happening? This? What I was like, this is gonna be in the movie. You're kidding. I'm like, it better be background or credit music. It better not be a major moment. Because I, I was not happy with I was I was very not happy with them. Lincoln completely agreed. I personally didn't like any of the pop music they put in. I wish they had just played Elvis songs or even music from that time. Yeah. I think that would have been better. And even they play Can't Help Fall in Love with You, but like they it's not even the Elvis version. It's yeah. somebody else singing it. So I, I just Casey Musgraves. That's probably the one I'm like the most okay with. I'm. I guess I'm okay with it, but I yeah. just think it's weird that like if you're gonna make an Elvis movie, play Elvis music. To yeah. Me. Like I just think like, or at least if you're gonna you know talk so much about the music of this decade, then play music from the decade. Don't play some modern pop song that doesn't feel like it fits when he's, you know, obviously it's the fifties. Like, I don't know. That's my other big critique of the movie is I just wish there was more Elvis music. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. But yeah. So those are my two or three or so major critiques. Um, yeah. Just again, I understand that like obviously a three hour movie is super long. Um, just I as a fan wish they had shown more, but obviously watch documentaries, watch things other than, this movie if you're interested to learn more because that's kind of what it made me want to do. It made me want to watch documentaries, listen to his music. I've been nonstop listening to Elvis music and it is so fun. <laughs> like, just, honestly. It is. Just putting the same <laughs> the same CD in my car, but oh, it always puts me in a good mood. Whenever my mom's in the car, I'll always play it too. Yeah. Ugh, okay, I think we've gone on about this movie okay. long enough. I feel like alright, now I have to ask you what do you rate this? I was like, I almost forgot about the ratings. Um, I have to ask you, what do you rate this? 
I was starting to think about that a little bit ago. Um, everything together, I'm kind of in between. But because of Austin Butler's performance, I'm going to put it a 9 out of 10. Okay. And the majority is from Oscar Butler's performance. And they do have a lot of factual things. Of course, not everything. It's a film. It happens. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, directing's not my cup of tea. But I know the director and what he does. So I at least had that mindset going into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it's almost a three-hour movie about Elvis, where I would be very judgmental because I'm a very proud fan. And I can watch this over and over again, putting in 9 out of 10. I could see that. Um, I personally am going to put it at like an 8 or an 8.5. Austin Butler's performance obviously does make this a really high movie for me. But it's just those little things like, you know, not having enough Elvis music to me. Or, you know, kind of wishing they wouldn't have focused on certain things and put more focus other places. Like... I wish that they didn't have the whole opening with Colonel Parker, the very beginning portion, and put that focus more into, like, his movie career or things like that. But, I mean, I do also, like I said, understand that, like, I'm reaching for the stars here. There's never going to be a perfect movie. But (laughs) um, for sure, I think this would be an eight or an eight and a half for me. Because I could watch it again. I mean, I want to watch it again. Mm -hmm. And that really shows a lot to me who didn't even think I would ever want to see this in theaters yeah. at all. <laughs> so if it is in theaters, go watch it. It, it is a movie not, to watch in theaters for sure. Yes. If not, um, watch it on HBO max in the U S because it, it's really good. And then afterwards, it's going to make you watch some documentaries and some movies. Um, HBO max has a lot now, Yay. which is nice. <laughs> I need to look up to see what else they got. Yeah, th- overall, this was a fantastic film. If you don't know Elvis, watch it. You'll learn so much. Um, of course, do your own re- research because not everything is completely accurate, but a lot of it is. Fant- and ugh, Austin Butler, fantastic, phenomenal, Oscar-worthy performance. Mm. Yeah, if anything... Yeah, not much else you could say. <laughs> yeah, if anything, watch it for him, honestly. Yeah, absolutely astounding. Um, So yeah, that is the end of our Elvis film episode. Thank you again for everyone who is listening. It's been a while. We apologize again for how long it's been. Hopefully it won't be that long. (laughs) Um, We'll take all these little breaks that we can get at this point. Like these are kind of a very fun way to just kind of compress everything that's been going on in our personal lives and just film an episode so we'll be sure to try and do it again (laughs) yeah like we said we do have another one planned coming up very soon so yes we're gonna work very hard to get that out quickly and then after that we'll see where life takes us hopefully it won't be too far away or for too long yeah thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you all in the next podcast or we'll see you on on instagram because we do still post on that Yes, for sure. We post whenever major things happen or occasionally we'll show we'll show a really good Elvis picture on a, our story for sure. That's one thing you can almost guarantee that we will do. <laughs> we love Elvis. <laughs>
Rest in peace. Thank you for existing.